Let's stand for the reading of God's word, Luke chapter 10. We'll begin our reading this morning with verse 38. I'll read through verse 42. I would usually pray after I read the text, but I choose to pray before the reading of the word today. Father, we dismiss every distracting devil from the premises of this, your property. We silence every distracting demon in Jesus' name. We push back every principality and power and ruler in the heavenly realms by the name of Jesus. Any schemes, any strategies that are wicked, dark, or evil are now cast out, canceled, thwarted by the power of the name of Jesus. Lord, we exercise our authority as sons and daughters today. And we tell the devil, you cannot do what you're planning to do. Today, we take authority in the name that is above every name in the name of jesus father let prophetic revelation run through this building today let apostolic announcements make an impact on our hearts today we are in this house to get a word from you if we don't get a word we will not know what to do speak lord your servants are listening we break every generational curse we bind every generational spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank you for an open heaven over this sanctuary. Thank you for receptive hearts, for people leaning forward in faith, ready to receive a word from you. Have your way. Have your way. And the saints said yes. Come on, shout to him, yes, Lord. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman everyone say one woman named Martha received him into her house and she had a sister called Mary everyone say one woman which also sat at Jesus feet and heard his word Underline those three words, heard his word. But Martha was coming about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things I think I'll read that again to Martha 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 you are careful and troubled about many things but one thing is needful and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. We're in a series called One. Today I will preach a message prophetically and apostolically that will change your life. Entitled, The One Thing That Matters Now. 
I need you to look at three people around you and say those words. The one thing that matters now. Emphasize now. Yeah. You may be seated. The Message Bible reads our text on this wise, verse 42. One thing only is essential. Jesus speaking to Martha. One thing only. Say that word only. One thing only is essential. And Mary has chosen it. It's the main course, the Message Bible says. It's the main course. And won't be taken from her. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to get a word today. You're not saying it like you mean it. I'm going to get a word today. And it will not be taken from me. This week, exactly eight days ago, I should say, this life entered my home. This boy, this infant, this newborn entered my home. He does not pay for my home. He makes zero money. He produces nothing at this point. And he is in total control. In a matter of a day, all the attention was centered and focused on this newborn. River Ricky. I know you're listening, son. I know you're eight days old, but I know you're listening. Everything in my house is centered around River Ricky. No, I didn't say Pastor Ricky. River Ricky. If he cries, even Amigo runs. <laughs> DJ will not enter the room, but he'll approach the door and peek in. But Amigo, he will go all the way to the crib. Just to check to be sure River doesn't need anything. All the while... I'm on the couch. I can cry, whine, holler, request, or demand. It doesn't matter. Right now, my voice has zero authority in my own home because someone is getting all the attention. Giovanna got up with me this morning after feeding the baby, changing the baby, rocking the baby, 
putting the baby to sleep and walked into my closet and said, do you need anything? I thought that was kind of her. It was unexpected because I've kind of gotten used to the pattern now of I mean nothing. (laughs) So it was a pleasant surprise to hear the words, can I help you with anything? Of course I'm being facetious and somewhat sarcastic, but you get the idea. The most important thing in my home right now is the baby because he is totally dependent on his mom and his dad. And it's a beautiful experience. Much like this story, Jesus said, one thing is essential. One. Everyone say one. We said last week it takes one seed to produce much fruit. It takes one decision to change your destiny. And I'm here to submit to you this morning that it only takes one word from God to change your world. Everyone say it, one word. The subject of one in relation to the sequence of numbers occupies the position of first. We heard that from Pastor Josh on Wednesday night. Strong teaching, and I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. It has to do with priority. Jesus said, before you seek anything else, seek first the kingdom of God. Why? Because God's kingdom has a rule to it. God's kingdom comes with regulations. God's kingdom comes with a realm. It comes with royalty. God's kingdom is the most important institution in this earth. The kingdom is not coming. He said, it's among you. The kingdom is here. So it's a matter of what you are adhering to. You can never excuse the fact of your manners because the majesty of the kingdom has not been made manifest to you. The kingdom is among us. First is being number one in the series. It's the earliest in time. It's the foremost of importance. One often represents the fundamental principle of a thing. One. I was thinking about the idea of fundamental because God spoke to me at the end of 2020. I said, God spoke to me. And said, go back to simple. Go back to the basics. Go back to discipling men and women. Go back to teaching on marriage. Go back to equipping families. Don't worry about special events and parachurch organizations. Stay within the unit. Paul wrote to church at Corinth and he said, I fear lest by any means you have been corrupted not from the gospel, but from the simplicity that is found in the gospel. There's something very simple about serving Jesus. It's not that complicated. And over the decades and the centuries, we have made what is very simple very complicated. 
Discipling someone is not real hard to do. The only difficulty you will face is their desire for it. (laughs) Fundamental is the basic essential or the foundation of something. So one or first is the one thing that affects everything that follows it. It is what is needful in order for anything else to happen. You have to have what? You have to have the first. It is the one thing that has to happen, and it is the one thing that should happen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Our text is an incredible passage of Scripture. As I read it, you were probably sitting there thinking, I've heard this message a hundred times, and I want to challenge you this morning to recalibrate. Because you've not heard this message. You've heard that scripture. You've not heard this message. See, this is the story of two sisters. Two sisters. They're both in the same house. They are both followers of Jesus Christ. They are both serving in ministry. They are both in the right place. They are both preoccupied. They both think that what they are doing is the most essential thing. They both think that what they are doing is the most important thing. Are y'all with me? Two sisters, same house, both think what they are doing is the most important thing. Everyone that preaches from this passage talks to us about everything that's wrong with Martha. I've heard a hundred messages entitled Martha, Martha. And we've all felt like Martha. If you didn't feel like it, by the time the preacher gets through preaching, you feel like Martha. I'll just go through some ideas with you. First of all, there's these interruptions that Martha is dealing with. Some people are so busy serving that they never receive from the one that they serve. Verse 40 says, but Martha was coming about much serving. And came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? The message Bible reads that verse like this, but Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later she stepped in and interrupted them, saying, Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Serving. That's a good word. That's a ministry word. It means to attend to to be responsible with, to wait on. Martha was serving. Are y'all in the building? She was doing a good thing. She was helping. She was ministering. She was waiting on. She was attending to. But he threw this bad word in there. You are cumbered about. That's not a good word. Because it means you're being dragged along. 
to be drawn by distractions. It has in it the idea of being harassed by the details of the moment. When I saw that, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said she was harassed to the details and was not harnessed to my deity. Martha, you're paying attention to the interruptions. Maybe you should be interceding. Martha, what's going on with you? There's inner conflict. It's obvious. Inner conflict is a mental struggle. Listen closely to me. A mental struggle that arises from opposing demands. Not only opposing demands, but opposing impulses. You get on Facebook and your mind rushes to what you just read. And you feel the impulse to respond. Well, if that's your opinion, let me give you mine. It's getting quiet in the sanctified church. Verse 41, Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, you are careful and troubled, listen carefully, about many things. It literally reads like this in the Greek. Your mind is divided. You are disturbed and your spirit is thrown into confusion. Let that rest on you for a minute. Martha, you are disturbed right now. And your spirit is being thrown into confusion. Your priorities are out of order, Martha. Martha, your priorities are are out of order. Martha, your priorities are out of order. And you've been thrown into confusion. You're troubled. That's what Jesus said. You're troubled. Inward anxiety always results in outward agitation. You are troubled. You're trying to deal with it in here. But you are showing agitation out here. Inner conflict always produces frustrated environments. Inner conflict always produces frustrated atmospheres. Inner conflict does not allow room for receiving revelation from God. Inner conflict produces a skewed filter to receiving the word. Because we begin to compare the word to our feelings. We begin to compare the truth with our trouble. And suddenly we create a competition between the word and our worry. And now you've got to make a decision. Am I going to pay more attention to the word or what I'm worried about? This results in an inaccurate translation. 
Jesus said one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen the good part. One thing matters. There is only one requirement that is most important for this occasion. I hope you didn't miss that. There's only one requirement that is most important for now. Preach, Pastor Rick. Many things are accepted. We have to deal with a lot of, but right now, only one thing matters. We have to think about a lot of stuff. We got to pray about a lot of things. But when you boil it down, Jesus said, in the crucible of his life, he is now facing the cross. He's been talking about his death, and the sisters have been listening. So when the rubber met the road, they had to make a decision. Am I going to be covered about with all that I think is important? Or am I going to be involved with what Christ calls essential? Hmm. She's chosen. She had to make a selection. She has chosen. They both have been told what was important. They interpreted it differently. Preach here, man. There are choices right now every day presented to all of us. All of us, every day, choices are presented to all of us every day. We're in a crucible in this country. And choices are presented to you, how often? Every day. My question is, are we hearing or receiving what he is saying or have we got what he is saying wrong? Did you ever think you could have received the wrong translation? Did you interpret it wrong? Oh, he said it, but did you get it right? These two girls interpreted the same thing in two different ways. Interesting. What is important to God? Not what is important to you. Ooh. Wait a minute now, Pastor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, wait. The question is, what right now is important to God? The question is not what is important to you. Right now, we're in a crucible, so we need to find out what's important to God. Because if we ever locate what's important to God, we're going to be all right. But if you make what's important to you more than what is important to God, then you have the flips, you have the script flipped, and you're listening to yourself more than you are listening to Him. Your emotion is has overtaken your devotion. I think the church needs to hold on a minute. Martha! Martha! 
stop. What is important to God? Strong stuff, isn't it? So she's got this inner conflict. She's dealing with interruptions. There's these inaccurate translations happening. And I never saw this before today, but today it just rang so true in my heart. This girl's irritated. And I'm going to go country on you and tell you there ain't no way around it. The girl's irritated. Listen to this. Later, Martha stepped in and interrupted Jesus and Mary. Isn't it funny that people who are distracted are always interrupting intimacy? Interrupting them, she said, Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. Martha's opinion was that Mary should be doing what Martha was doing. Say it again. Martha's opinion was Mary should be doing what I'm doing. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I made the bad mistake that I make about every 45 minutes of my life last night. And I picked up my phone. And I scroll. Don't scroll. Don't scroll. Don't scroll. Don't scroll. <laughs> Saw one of my best friends. Wrote a long blog on free speech. And I thought it was beautiful. It was absolutely a beautiful blog he wrote on free speech. And if we lose freedom of speech in this country, we've lost everything. Yeah, then they could tell us what to preach and what we can't preach. and We can't do that. Six of us said amen to that. I thought the whole amen. Quest Church would say amen to that. Maybe you want your speech restrained. I don't. I want to be able to say what I think. And, but I need to be careful about reading what other people think. And the blog was beautiful. It was beautiful. Protect freedom of speech. I, roll, I kept scrolling after I read it, and I said, man, that's, that's good. I even texted him. I said, man, that's good. He said, bless you, Bishop. Well, I scrolled, and I shouldn't have scrolled. Don't scroll. And later, about three joints down, I see his best friend, who is also a pastor, responding. And this is his response. I see some of y'all mad on here about freedom of speech. And he just rips into his best friend. Now when I say best friend, I'm talking about these pastors have been best friends for 35 years. Pastor Rick, should you be telling us this? Yeah, you need to wake up and realize there's a whole lot of fighting going on right now. And uh, I thought, wow, he just come at him just like that with no shame. So now I'm intrigued. 
So now I'm bouncing. Who's going to get the most likes? Is that too honest for you? Who's going to get the most comments on this one? They're going at it, man. And suddenly, something hit me. Wow. Two brothers in the same house. Two brothers serving the same Jesus. Two brothers in ministry. Two brothers saying what they think is right. And two brothers that will probably not speak to each other for a very long time. And I know I'm both very good and received word from both of them that they threw with the other one. And here I am, the mediator again. Always the bad place to be. The bridge always gets walked on. But Martha is irritated because she thinks that Mary should see things like she saw things. Y'all didn't hear that there. Martha's mad at Mary because Martha thinks Mary needs to see it like she sees it. Say it again, Pastor Rick. Uh, Martha is mad at Mary because she thinks Mary needs to see things like she sees it. Your priority is not my priority. My priority should be your priority. Your conviction, Mary, should be the same as my conviction. And if you don't see it like I see it, then I'm not talking to you no more. And don't you dare express how you feel. Because if you do, I'm going to post. It's a soft laugh in the building this morning. Not very hearty laugh right there. Kind of like, ha, 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 that's me. <laughs> Wasn't that big guttural laugh I expected. I tried. <laughs> Real funny. And this is where the church is today. Can I inform you on some things? Because I don't think you all know this. I'm the pastor. Hey, y'all. You know what that means? I know more about everybody than you do. Doesn't mean I'm smarter, more anointed, nothing. It just means I know about a lot of folks in here. And I think I need to inform you that everybody in here didn't vote the same way. I'm, I'm sorry. Now some of you just passed out. Your eyes are awake, but you just fainted. If you need mouth to mouth, call on your spouse. But 
Here's the deal. Whether you like it or not, everyone in here did not vote for Biden. Whether you like it or not, everyone in here did not vote for Trump. Now, some of you can't accept that, much less receive it. And you're asking yourself, why? How could you? Two brothers, same house. Lord, don't you know that this girl ought to be doing what I'm doing? She ought to be thinking like I think. It's getting quieter and quieter. Jesus never said that what Martha was doing was not important. He never said it. He never said it should not happen. He never got upset with her. He just said these words. There's only one thing worth being concerned about now. Mary has discovered it. And it will not be taken from her. Martha! Martha, I'm sorry, but everyone does not see it like you see it. Martha, Martha, everyone does not think like you think. Martha, Martha, what's important to you is not important to Mary. Well, that's the sermon on Martha. And that's the introduction. Because I didn't want to talk to you about Martha. Because I preached on Martha for 40 years. And I'm tired of Martha. But she's my sister. So I've got to address her. I want to know why no one ever preached on this, this other girl, the other sister, Mary. Can I just hit this just for seven minutes and 28 seconds? Look at her posture. Luke chapter 10, verse 39. And she had a sister, Lord have mercy, called Mary, which sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Few things stood out to me this morning in prayers. I read that number one, Mary was stationary. Mary was planted at his feet. Mary was not moving everywhere. She was being still. She was in a position of submission because she was at his feet. Submission is stuff. We like to preach on when we want to be in authority. See, submission is not second nature. Submission is something you have to learn. Whew. The Lord spoke to me this morning and I heard it clearly in my heart. Whoever has the most influence in your life is ultimately the one you are submitted to. So I'll say it like this. You cannot be submitted to a pastor 
when someone outside these walls has more influence in your spiritual life than your pastor does. I had to pull my jeans up on that. Because some of you got so many voices in your ear that they carry more influence with your decisions than your own pastor does. And that's fine. And that's why you freaked out when the prophets may or may not have gotten it wrong. Because you put so much, leave it alone, Pastor. Her posture said, she's sitting at his feet, and her posture said, I do not know everything. Y'all hearing that? When she sat at his feet, she's saying, I don't know everything. I'm going to submit to you again, you do not know everything. She's sitting at his feet saying, I want to learn. Even though she could feel her sister's agitation, she remained in her position. She knew her sister was mad, but she remained at his feet. She knew everybody in the house was not pleased, but she remained at his feet. She knew everybody else, where all this stuff was going, but she was planted at his feet. Here's the last thing that stood out to me about Mary. Mary was good with letting Jesus respond to Martha. I'm going to have to say that one more time. Mary was good with letting Jesus respond to Martha. I'm going to say it one more time. Get good with letting Jesus respond to people that you think they ought to be doing what you're doing. Let Jesus handle them. Stop handling them. Your opinion has not changed anybody's mind on Facebook. Your opinion of people's decision ain't changed nobody. Once people make up their mind, their mind is made up. Let Jesus deal with them. And if they're wrong, let Jesus handle the wrong. She had a sister called Mary which sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. His presence was more important than the activity of the house. His presence, everybody looking at me? Praise the Lord. His presence was more important than the activity of the house. I'm going to say it again. For Mary, Christ's presence was more important than the activity of the house. She was there to receive. She was focused on him. Church, I prophetically warn you in the name of Jesus Christ. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him Endure the cross, scorning its shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father. It's time for the church to get our focus right. Get your eyes back on Jesus. Well, there's Martha and there's Mary, but we still haven't dealt with the thing that mattered. Because he said one thing. Matter. Well, the thing can't be a savior. 
Because the Savior is a person. One thing matters. The thing can't be Jesus because Jesus is a person. The thing is what she is doing. Come on in this building, Pastor Rick. Okay, let me ask you a question. How important is the word to you? The Bible says in verse 39, she sat at his feet and she heard his word. Oh, my blog. Mascot or master. Didn't get many likes from the church people at Quest. That's all right. I love you anyway, Martha. Love you anyway. Here's the deal. Micaiah said 400 prophets are hired to say what the king wants to hear. 1 Kings 22. Micaiah steps in and says, I'm going to say only what the Lord tells me to say. And he said, if you do what you're going to do, the people are going to be like sheep that are scattered in the field. You know what the problem is? It's easy to say what every other prophet is saying. It's easy to agree with every other preacher. And preachers are preaching rhetoric and not revelation. You ain't even entered your prayer closet, much less heard from God. You buy your sermons at the bookstore. And you listen to prophets on podcasts. And I'm not saying those prophets were wrong because we still have to see. Just for everybody. Because I love all y'all. I love Martha and Mary. So I start thinking, when you come to church, do you hear the word to critique it? Is that why people come to church so that they can critique the word and nudge your wife and say, now, what he really meant or what he should have said? Or I can't believe he just said that. Do you read in order to find ways to defend your own stance? Is that why you need a word? You, you, need, a, you need to get a word. To defend your own stance. Or do you read and hear the word in order for it to challenge you, convict you, and change you? Peter said it like this. Jesus said, are you going to forsake me? And he said, where can we go? You have the word of eternal life. See, what the church needs today is not a word from people. You don't need a word from that influence you're always on the phone with outside the building. You better get a word from God for yourself. You better hear, and just like I said in my beautiful, wonderful, articulated blog, you better go back and read the red letters one more time. And you better find out what Jesus said. Because if you read what Jesus said, he's your master if you do what Jesus did. 
Well, praise the Lord. So Mary chose that good part. She did what should have done, been done first. Did y'all hear me? Before the meal, hear the word. Before the activity, get a word. We'll eat after a while. Get this word right now. She did what was needful right now. Folks, hear me. What you're doing may be important, but it can't be more important than you hearing the word of the Lord. What you're doing may be significant even for the future of this country, but you cannot put it in front of getting a word from God. Mary chose that good part. I'm done on this. I like this here because Jesus said the good part she chose will not be taken from her. In other words, you may lose some stuff, but you're not going to lose your word. Somebody asked me one time, Pastor Rick, why you walk in so much confidence? Because I never, ever doubt that when I pray, every day, not some days, for you every other day, every other week prayers. No, I pray every day. Every day I got my hour of devotion. Every day I'm in that word. And when God speaks to me, I don't doubt it. I don't question when God says, this is my word to you. My question is, do you have it like that? Because when I get that word, no man going to talk me out of it. No devil going to trick me out of it. No enemy going to steal it from me. When I get my word, come hell or high water, I'm going to stand on my word. If God gives me a word, I don't care if everybody walk out. I'm going to stand on what God told me. Do not lose your word in a world that is filled with worry. Come by here. Hold on to your word when the whole world is going crazy. Be the Shunammite woman that said, you spoke this boy into existence and he died, but I'm not going to let go of the word you spoke. You said I would have a son in my house. So I'm going to believe until that boy gets back up. If God has given you a word, hold on to it until you can't hold no more and then pray to hold on to it. Somebody shall get you a word. Here's why Jesus said no one can take it from her because a lot of people hear the word. Most people don't understand the word. Jesus said, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, the enemy comes and catches it away. But he that receives seed in the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. And he's going to bring forth fruit. Some, watch, bringing forth fruit. Some 60, 30, 30, 60, and some 100 fold. Right now, it's not a matter of what you are doing for Jesus. The question right now is, what are you doing with him? Say it again, Pastor Rick. The question is not, what are you doing for Jesus? The question is, what are you doing for him? Is Jesus still number one in your life? 
Is Jesus still the most important thing in your life? If he is, then the priority of your life is to get a word from God. When you get a word from God, everything changes. When you get a word from God, everything shifts. That's why a centurion would go to Christ and say, listen, my servant is dying. And Jesus said, I'll go with you to your house. And he stopped him. He said, you don't even have to come under my roof. He said, just say a word and my servant will live. You know what we need right now in this nation? A word from God. We need a word from heaven. Okay, I thought I had some Christians in the building that love the word. We need a word from the Lord. We need a word from God. We need a word from heaven. We need a word from the Holy Spirit. We need a word straight from the Bible. Not some kind of translation that has been misinterpreted. We need God to speak. So I'm praying this morning and I say, Lord, then speak. And the Lord said, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I'm in control. Be still and know that everything's going to be all right. Whatever word you need is found in scripture. It's not found on the internet. It's not found in your Google search. It's not found on your Facebook. It's not found on no Twitter. It's not found on your Instagram. The word you need is in the Bible. Do we still believe in the Bible? If we do, then get your word there and stop running everywhere trying to find out how to act and what to say and what to do. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be praying like I ain't never prayed before. I'm going to be fasting like I ain't never fasted. I'm going to be praising when people are going crazy. I'm going to be worshiping while everybody else is worrying. I dare you to jump on your feet and give God a sanctified holy praise. Get God back to where he's supposed to be. Seek ye first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Get your posture where Mary is at the feet of Jesus. Look into him, learning from him, leaning on him. Get Jesus back in the right place in your life. If Jesus was there, you wouldn't be freaking out. If Jesus is there, you would not be losing your mind. When Jesus is in control, everything is going to be all right. I dare you to praise him by clapping your hands. Throw your head back. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. Lord, we bless you. Hey. Oh, let the anointing come. Lord, let the anointing fall. Let the Holy Ghost move. Breathe on this word here. Let these people wake up and realize the kingdom is okay. The kingdom is fixed. The kingdom is steadfast. Father, help us to refocus our attention back where it's supposed to be. We put our eyes on you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. One thing matters right now. 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 And that's that you are at his feet.
You are in your right position. Submitted. Learning. Leaning. Listening. One thing matters right now. That you get a word from the Lord. Speak Jesus. Give us a word of direction. And a word of instruction.